Hi, welcome to the Meg Pearson Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Pearson. I am a student of life, mother, teacher, and self-care and abundance addict. I'm here to share my story as well as what I have learned through my 40 years of living and many life experiences that include personal bankruptcy, overcoming bulimia, alcohol addiction, and later in life pregnancy and motherhood. I have taken back my mental, financial, and physical health and even retired from my career in live television at age 30 to create the life of my dreams in Costa Rica. All thanks to my daily practice, commitment to growth, and many self-guided healing journeys. If you're ready to step outside of your comfort zone, take your life and health into your own hands, and finally feel truly connected and in love with your body and soul, then join me every single week. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, hello, my friends. So happy to have you back here for today's episode of the Meg Pearson podcast. Today, we're talking about something that is super exciting and super close and near and dear to my heart. We're going to be talking about human design. Now, this is something that I have discovered and been have been deep diving into over the last several months. I'm actually certifying to become a human design reader myself as we speak, and I'm going to be thrilled to share more about this as as the days and months unfold here on the podcast and also in my coaching business. But today I have an amazing speaker and guest here on the show. Her name is Alejandra Hernandez. She has been working with human design in her career coaching practice. And it's really cool to think about how knowing your human design could really help you find the correct path for you when it comes to deciding on on what kind of job you want to be carrying out, what kind of position you want to be holding in the world. So we're going to talk about what human design is and how it can help remind you who you are at your soul level. We're going to talk about how knowing your human design type, strategy, and authority can help you better understand your values and motives in life. And we're also going to talk about what a human design profile is and how knowing yours can help help you heal parts of yourself that you may have been holding off in the shadow space. Shadow sphere. Dun, dun, dun. No, it's all really beautiful stuff. There's nothing good. There's nothing, you know, necessarily inherently bad about what your human design tells you. It's just a way of getting to know who you are at a soul level so that you can come back to a remembering of that, of what you came into this life to do and be. So this is a really cool conversation. I can't wait to introduce you guys to Ale and all things human design. So here we go. Let's get right to it. Okay, here we are. Welcome, friends. So excited to have you here. I have Alejandra Hernandez joining me this this morning, this afternoon, this evening, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Um, and we are talking human design, career, life path, and all of this amazing stuff. So welcome, Alejandra. So happy to have you here. Thank you, Meg. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to start this convo with you and see where we head down. Yes, 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 yes. So we have a lot to cover. I could probably, we were just chatting before we hit the record button for a good 20 minutes already just about human design and its impact on our lives. And I know we could probably go on for hours about this topic. I know I could, but we are going to try to keep this as uh, concise as possible, 30 minutes or less for our listeners. So let's get right into it. What is human design? How did you get, how did you get to the point where you wanted to include human design in your practice? Absolutely. So I found human design last year. I was actually at a dinner and in this dinner, there were four couples. So it was eight of us here and the topic of human design came up. Everyone at that table knew what their human design type 
was at the very least their type. And I had never heard about human design. So I was just like staring at everyone. And I'm like, that's cool. Someone goes manifest or I was like, all right. <laughs> so they're just naming out things. I have no idea what they are. And Alvi, my partner knew what he was. And so I thought it was interesting. It piqued my interest. I was like, okay, I'll just Google it later. They started to describe it. And I was like, I'll Google it later. And I found out what I was. And then my partner actually had knew someone or knows someone that does coaching using human design. He does readings. And for my birthday, it was right before my birthday. For my birthday, my partner then gifted me a couple of sessions with this coach. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I'll get to learn a little bit about it. And I mean, there basically it was game over. <laughs> as soon as I had the reading with him, it blew my mind away. It it just completely affirmed so much about who I am and how I can really make the best decisions for myself that is in contrast or maybe at times in alignment with what mainstream narratives are. And that was really helpful for me. So what is human design? Human design is a system for people that don't know it at all. I like to say that it's like as if astrology and Myers-Briggs had a baby, mm. they would create human design. <laughs> totally. It's a complete different system. Human design is a system that is based on your birth time, day, and location. With that, it provides you with a map on how to live your best life. This map is what we call a body graph. And on this body graph, it is your energetic blueprint. So for example, how are you best here to make decisions? How do you attract opportunities to yourself? How are you here to manifest your purpose? How do you process information? All of this is within your body graph, all of this information on how you are best designed to live your life. And I love this tool. That's what I like to call it is really a tool because it's all about experimenting with it. Once we find it, it's about experimenting with different tools. And so when I found this, I was already a career coach. And I was like, whoa, this is it. This is what I want to keep learning. I want to begin implementing this because I'm a firm believer that what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. A dream job for one person is not going to be a dream job for another person. The way that one person heals themselves is not necessarily going to be the best way that another person can heal themselves. And so I began to see how powerful this tool was for people to know how can I best serve myself? How can I really be connected to who I am? And so I thought about how I can begin to implement this into my coaching. Now, at that time, I was coaching under a company. And there's really only so much that you can do when you're when you're coaching under a company or when you're working with a company. I mean, they have their vision, they have their goals, they have their programs. And so eventually I did decide probably, I mean, time is weird. We talked about that, but maybe eight months later, I went off on my own and I've been doing career coaching on my own, really focused on helping unfulfilled women get clear on what a fulfilling career would be like for them, for that particular person and implementing human design to ensure that they really are attracting those opportunities that are aligned with their energy and making the decisions that are aligned with their energy and so forth. So that's how I came across it and how it's just kind of really taken over. Now I'm on the path of getting certified. I'm taking courses and it's only grown my interest in it more and more. And I'm specifically learning how to apply it to careers and businesses to really maximize the effectiveness of teams and maximize people's ability to find a career that is a great fit for them. So, so cool. <clears throat> so the, yeah, human design, I see. And the reason I'm so excited about this is I discovered a few months back and I've learned so much 
and it has just made me, it was such a, it's such a great validator in a lot of ways I found. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them, I've been listening to tons of different podcasts and done doing tons of different reading on the subject. And I remember hearing one explanation of what human design is that I want to share with, with our listeners here today, a really, really simplified version. It was kind of the notion of, we talk, I mean, we, I could talk for hours also about reincarnation and past <laughs> lives and stuff like that. But I think what a lot more people can get behind is the notion that maybe our, our souls chose these lives, right? So our little baby soul, before we came into our earth form, our body, um, had, a, had a really strong idea moving into this version of, of this reincarnation of life, what we wanted to do, who we wanted to be, how we wanted to live, right? And then our little baby soul kind of chooses who our parents are, where we're going to be born, when we're going to be born, based on all of the different variables that we need in order to be this version of ourselves, right? So we pick the, we pick the day, we pick the place, we get we're born, we're born into this life, knowing fully who we are and what we want to do. But then as a human, as we move through life and get older, we start forgetting all of these things that we chose because we learn all of these conditions from our parents, from our society, from the people around us. And then what human design does is using our birth date and our birth location, because these are the variables that we chose in order to be the versions of ourselves. It reminds us of all the things that we've forgotten that we that we wanted to do and wanted to be and this and having this knowledge allows us to be to come back to that version of ourselves that's in full alignment. Does that does that make sense to you? Does that sound like a, a, a pretty dumbed down explanation? I love that. I love that. I think that that's really about coming back to our authentic selves is really what it comes down to is that reminder because as we go time we have something in human design that we call conditioning and so we get conditioned to be certain ways to use our energy in certain ways make decisions in certain ways so human design really wakes us up to our authentic self the Mm. body graph is really giving us a map to say hey this is what works try this out, see how you feel. And so what I like to say with human design is, you know, take the parts that resonate with you and start experimenting. If there's something that completely doesn't, then let it go and just see what happens in the future. Maybe something comes up then. Another thing that I love about this is it allows us to have compassion for other people because we begin to understand that we're all unique. And just because I show up in this way and this is my strength, doesn't mean that I need to make someone else wrong for the fact that that is not their strength. They have a different strength. That is going to be really great for me to use and collaborate with, but it really makes us understand that everyone's different and that's okay. Well, wouldn't it be amazing in life if we all knew our human design and we just introduced ourselves like I'm Meg and I'm a generator (laughs) and then, you know, and then you'd be like, oh, okay. Then I know what to expect from you. Right. Wouldn't that just make life so much easier if we could all be on board with that? Okay. Yeah, if we all had that self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that would be my dream, you know, to live in a world where everyone was that self-aware because it would just, make, <laughs> you know, everyone would be so much happier with themselves and their life. And I think it would just make us all understand each other so much, so much um, more. But um, so let's talk a little bit more about like the results of a human design chart. So um on the website, my podcast website, I'm going to post an image of my human design chart as an example for people to, to see what it looks like. Because when you when you fill in the information you need to receive your, your body graph, which will be read, therefore giving you your human design, it looks like a super, super, super complicated thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And from that, a qualified reader 
can then draw out the information um, right. and, and give you, you know, give you the, the, the layout of the land of what all of these things represent. So there's, right. so, there's certain areas that tend to be focused on the most, right? Which is yeah. um, your type and your profile, correct? Your type, strategy, and authority are going to be prime. Mm. You always want to look at what's my type, what's my strategy, and what's my authority. Your profile, absolutely. So usually in a reading for an intro with someone new to human design, I'll go over their type, their strategy, their authority, their profile, and then the centers. And so as you mentioned, yes, when you put in, if you go to jovianarchive.com, there's a few different places where you can get your free body graph. But if you go to jovianarchive.com, that's one of them. You put in your information. It gives you this graph that Meg already said looks like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to get out of this information. Uh But from there, you're going to see your type, your strategy, and your authority. And I like to start with those. So with the types, there are technically four types, but one of them has a variation. So there's a total of five. And that's going to be generators, which Meg, you just said you're a generator. Generators have a variation to them called manifesting generators. Those both under fall under the bucket of generators. Then you have manifestors and then you have projectors and then you have reflectors. So all of these then comprise of the types that we have. Generators are the majority of the population. So generators and manifesting generators make up about 68 to 70% of the world's population. And because of that, a lot of our understanding of the way energy is being used is oftentimes in a generator fashion. You know, things like working hard, going ham, you know, just like resting next week, next day, you're up and ready to go. A lot of the understanding of how we use our energy is based a lot on generator energy. And manifestors then are about 10% of the world's population. So they're a bit less and manifestors are the visionaries of our world. These are the people that have the vision. They're the initiators, you know, in ancient history, these were the rulers of civilizations. Then you have projectors, which are kind of like what we say, the new kids on the block. (laughs) They weren't existing when um, when generators and manifestors were around, but they were a bit newer. And these are about 20% of the world's population and projectors projectors are all about guiding. We're Mm. all, so I say we, I am a projector. We're all about how can we guide people's energy? It's about what we see. And so from there, reflectors are the most rare. I have come across very few reflectors and I get very excited if I ever hear about one. Reflectors make up about 1% of the world's population. And reflectors are the evaluators of our world. They are the kind of people Mm. that can incredibly unique. And if you're ever with them, these are people that will very much mirror back the energy that you're giving off. And so in an ideal world, we have, you know, manifestors initiating and setting, you know, saying, this is the vision, this is where we're going. You have generators and manifesting generators doing the building. They're the builders really executing, going through the process. And then we have projectors who are guiding people, guiding the energy. And then we have reflectors who are really mirroring back where we are to let Mm -hmm. us know, like, we're going the way we said we're going to go, or we're going the way the opposite direction. They're very much the evaluators of how things are going. So these are the the types. When you look it up, you'll see which one yours is. As I mentioned, I am a projector. And then from there, we have our strategy. Saying that as I'm a projector, and so kind of touching base a little bit on that, when 
I found out I was a projector. What was so affirming was understanding if anyone uh, knows the chakra system, our sacral as projectors are what we call undefined, meaning that it's more inconsistent and not as reliable. Our energy comes and ebbs and flows and rest is imperative for us. So we oftentimes can find ourselves feeling like we're burnt out because we're trying to keep up with other people Mm. and we're trying to really use our energy as if we're doers all the time. And that can be very problematic for us. So a lot of times when projectors find human design, they're like, oh, this makes so much sense Mm. because it's just like, I just thought that I was, you know, not trying hard enough. I wasn't working hard enough. I just need to do more, really being able to come from that place. Um, And that's what I mean by understanding how your energy is best used to understand for you as a generator, you magnetize things to you. You're always in response to things, whether, you know, even you seeing my Instagram post and being lit up, you responded to that and said, Ooh, okay. Like I'm going to reach out to Alejandra and tell her that I, I would love to have her on this podcast and I'm a projector. So my strategy, we're going to go into strategy now is to wait for the invitation And the reason why it's so important for projectors to wait for the invitation is because our energy does come in ebbs and flows. And our aura as projectors is very focused and absorbing. So when I get together with someone in a one-on-one setting, it's like I really envelop them. And when people aren't ready for that, it rubs them really wrong. Because it's just this energetic exchange of like, it's almost like a violation of like, you're just way you're absorbing way too much of me. And of course that's not the thought, but it's like a it discomfort if I'm not being invited for it. And that's my strategy. And so when you reach out to me and you say, Hey, like, I'd love to have you on the podcast, then I can sit there and make a decision from there. And it's really energetically aligned with me. Cause I'm like, I've been recognized, I've been appreciated. And now I can make a decision on whether or not this is something that I want to use my energy for. Mm. Your strategy as a generator, I already mentioned, is to respond. So instead of trying to run out there and you're just trying to force things to happen, like I just want this or this or this, it's like, what is coming in your space and what are you responding to and using your gut to really register, okay, I had a gut response to that. All generators have that gut response because their sacral is defined, it's colored in. It's a matter of is that, okay, I got a response. What is the response saying? Is that response saying like, no, or is it saying like, yes, like I'm lit up by it. I want to go for it. Really being able to respond to things. And with manifestors, their strategy is to initiate. Mm -hmm. So they're really here to really go out there and make things happen. What's important with their strategy is to inform. So this is a big thing with manifestors. I don't know if you know anyone who's a manifestor in your life, but Mm -hmm. manifestors tend to grow up as like very independent people. These are people who just kind of like to do their own thing oftentimes. And if they're conditioned very heavily, they can usually go one of two ways. They can be people who either are so rebellious because they just hate being controlled or they can be people who become incredibly passive because they've just been so like, Everyone's trying to control me. They're worn down. And so like, that's a big thing for them. When they start to realize their energy and how to use it, there are strategies to inform people. And what that means is when you make a decision, 
you inform the people that will be impacted by your decision before you take action on that decision. So it's not like I'm moving to Costa Rica and you packed up your stuff and now you're like, you're informing your mom or your partner, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm moving to Costa Rica. And then you have those conversations with people and then people can either get on board or not on board. It's not giving you permission. It's just simply providing that information and then moving forward with the decision that you already made. Mm. So as we go through these, it's really thinking about like, what is your type and what is your strategy and how does this begin to make sense for you, right? With reflectors, their their strategy is very interesting. Their strategy is almost the same as their, I won't say the same, but they're here to really wait a 28-day cycle, the moon cycle, to really assess what is best for them. And it's interesting because if you look at the body graph, reflectors have a completely white body graph. They have nothing colored in in the shapes. And the reason they wait 28 days is so that they can move their energy around different people. Their energy will then move around with the transit field and different planets will activate certain things within their chart and they can come from a place of clarity. So it's super interesting with them because oftentimes, you know, it's like 28 days in a, in a world that's constantly like now, now, now <laughs> waiting those, waiting those 28 days. So we always say, and in human design is start with your type, your strategy, and your authority, because it can get really easy to want to go super deep into everything else. But if you're not following your type, your strategy, and authority, there's still going to be so much resistance. And even, you know, the simplest things are not the easiest things to do. So it's really understanding, okay, you, I'm responding. I'm constantly responding. This is my energy. I'm responding. What's my authority? And going from there. Which has been really interesting for me when I found that out because in my life, I've always been trying to be a manifester. I realized like mm. I'm always trying to come up with the, the new things, the new strategies on how to the direction I want to go in my life, the things I want to create instead of just allowing things to come from, come to me and then say yes or no. And, and really understanding the notion of, you know, things should be a no, unless they're a real big hell. Yes you know? Mm-hmm. And so in the last few months, as I've been trying to create so much in my life, like a lot of changes and a lot of good stuff, I've had to slow down and, 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 and not do, 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 yeah. but, you know, re- you know, receive and respond a little bit more, which has been an interesting thing. And that's part of the reason how human, de- how part of the way human design came to me, because it just came and fell into my lap. And I was like, yeah. okay, And it's always, every time I talk about it, I get tingles and I get like, I'm like, (laughs) that is, that feels like a hell yes, this is a direction that I need to go. And it's just a, it's it's a hard, like you said, it's a difficult thing to make these changes Mm -hmm. for me. I know growing up, you know, having work ethic and, you know, creating and doing was always really instilled in me. So now, you know, being more of a responder is, is taking practice. It's really taking practice. Absolutely. I think that's why it's such a great tool for, for healing. It's such a powerful tool. And in human design, nothing is good and nothing is bad. Being a generator is not bad. Being a projector is not good. Being a manifester isn't bad. Having the certain strengths, they're all, it just is. And as we begin to look at it and see, okay, how can this resonate with me? How can I play around with this? For me, waiting for the invitation, I it just felt like 
so painful for me to actually understand what that meant. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm just supposed to wait around. How do I wait for the invitation? But like, I really want to do this. And so being able to come from a space of understanding, okay, Ale, this is actually why you've seen a lot of bitterness in your life because you constantly, you create that recognition. And so you're going out and you're trying to make it happen. It was, it would be as if like, I went to you and was like, I know you have a podcast and I can see that you talk about these things. I can totally see how human design would be a part of it. Can I be a part of it? And like I said, that's not good or bad. It's simply not an alignment for the Mm -hmm. way my energy is designed for someone like a manifester go off, go tell the world what it is that you do and what you, uh, and ask people like, Hey, can I be on there? If that's what you feel led up to do, but understanding that has been super helpful with me understanding and healing parts of me that I didn't want to accept things like waiting for the invitation, things like being able to appreciate for me personally in my design, appreciate the fact that I am an investigator that I learned through trial and error. These are all things that you can see. And that's actually the bit that I'm talking about. There is the profile in the profile really tells you how you're here to manifest your purpose. And so we kind of call it like your costume. It's like the thing that you wear and how you show up in this world to manifest your purpose. And we, I'm a one, three profile in human design. There are a total of six numbers and the two numbers in combination is what creates your, your profile in human design. And that's going to look like a a fraction. So it might be two, four or one, three or five, one. And so you're, if you're looking at your chart and you're confused, just see where it says profile and you'll see a fraction number. And a huge thing that I really healed from with learning my profile was this trial and error process that that I'm designed to withstand. And that's the three in your profile. If you have a three in your profile, you're someone who's designed to really fall back down and get back up and fall back down and get back up. And that's literally the life that you go in and you're designed to be resilient, to be able to do that where other, so a three is called the martyr. And so when I heard (laughs) the the martyr, I was like, that sounds terrible. (laughs) What's that about? And when I read about it more, it made so much sense because as a three, we learn through trial and error. We make a lot of mistakes and we're resilient to them. We're really designed to be able to do make these mistakes, to fail, to get back up so that we can then share our stories with people and support people in having less failures and support mm. people with getting on that path with a little bit less kind of struggle in that. So that is our big mission is to be able to then express it to other people so we can support other people that maybe wouldn't have withstood the kind of trauma, the kind of issues that we went through. Being able to help the world in that way is really helpful. And so when I thought about that three and going into entrepreneurship, it was so helpful for me because I was just in the space of like, if I could just get it all right, if I could just like get started and then clients will start coming and then everything's going to be great and I'll start learning. And I really had to come from the place of like, I'm going to F up and that's okay. I'm really (laughs) like, I'm going to fall on my face at times and that's okay. I know that this is how I'm designed to get through it. I know that from there I can share my story with other people on their path to entrepreneurship and it will support them greater. So that has been really helpful for me. It's that connection to who I am playing around with it. And at the end of the day, it serves me. Yeah. So when people are very like, Oh, but I don't like, how do you know that's I'm like, 
I mean, how do we know anything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I try it on and it serves me, then I'm going to run with it. And it really has. Exactly. And I think that that's, I mean, the same can be said by so many of these different, you know, formulations out there, like the Enneagrams and all of these different ways that we can look into who we are at our, at our core, you know, if it resonates and helps you live a more easeful life, you know, connected life, then, then I'm all for it. And, and I can get fully behind the notion like that learning this stuff about, about who you are with human design was is super healing for me as well. When I found out my profile, I'm a five one. So I'm a heretic investigator. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the components of being an investigator is that you're always learning. And it's almost, you have this feeling of wanting to almost learn for everyone else. It's like, I'm trying to figure this all out, you know, to help everyone else. And it, it made so much sense to me why now that I'm in five different courses at a time, all the time. <laughs> I literally have three different books on my bedside table, six different books in my office and two in the living room that I'm reading all at the same time, all about different topics because I'm always, yeah. I'm this lifelong learner. And, and then I used to always wonder like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then when I found this out, I was like, oh, well, I guess it makes sense that this is just part of who I am, you know, yeah. always feeling like I need to learn. And, and yeah, I thought absolutely. it was something wrong with me, but you know, when I've, but I've also learned from, from this knowledge too, is that, you know, I sometimes also, when I'm in, out of alignment with this, I can feel almost insecure that I don't know enough in life, mm, even absolutely. in, even in the areas where I am fully capable, you know, to be and knowledgeable about a topic, I still find myself thinking, oh, I still don't know enough to offer and share this with anyone, you know? Mm, so mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's been really healing for me to be able to look at that and shine light on these, on these awarenesses and work with them, um, and understand myself better, which is such a, such a, an amazing thing to be able to have. Yeah. A lot of what you said right there with the one in the profile, which we both share, I'm a one, three, you're a five, one with that one, it's called the investigator. And it's this deep, deep craving for knowing, for learning, for how much can we learn in this and this, anything that then is like when I found human design, it's just like deep dive. I'm going to learn everything I can about it. And the flip side to that, that can be the shadow, which you mentioned is, but if I don't know everything that I can't speak about it because I feel insecure and I don't know if I know enough. And if I start sharing, I might say something wrong and it won't be the right thing. We go into that. Every part of our graph has a shadow part to it. And it's that awareness again of knowing, okay, where am I getting taken off track? I know that I will never know everything because I will always want to know more. I'm always going to want to learn more. And with the five that you have, it's really that natural fixer. Fives are like these great leaders. They're natural fixers. They're great, wonderful problem solvers. And the shadow side to a five in the profile is, are you solving problems that you are even meant to solve? Mm -hmm. Or are you trying to like run into burning houses that nobody even called you for? You know, are you trying to solve problems that one, you have the qualifications to solve and two, are they problems for you to solve are like big questions for fives to always reflect on. (laughs) It's like, is this really a problem that's designed for me to, to, to come in and fix and then leave out. Now fives are also so great with strangers, which I'm not surprised at all that you have five, (laughs) but these are people that definitely like mingling with strangers. They're able to really connect with massive people on a large scale. 
is something that they're really great at. Now, at the same time, I had mentioned to you is like fives tend to be people where other people project onto them what they think is best. And so with people who are healing and looking at their human design, if you're, if you see that you have a five in your profile, then think about the ways that other people are telling you is best for you and check in with yourself. Because I know Meg, you talk about this a lot, but we are our best healer. We know inside it's, are we going to really connect with that part of us and pay attention to it? So with the five, it's very important to check in like, okay, I know this person. And it can be as simple as like, oh my God, you'd be such a great ballet dancer. Like you should go do ballet. This is why it's so important for parents to know their kids, their kids profile. And it's like trying to project these things and understanding, okay, maybe that's not what's best for them. Maybe that's what I see because I see the best potential in them, but that's really not what's best for them right now. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing with, uh, with fives as well. And so, as you mentioned, these are all really great tools. And like I said, there's six numbers, everything in human design, the sum is greater than its parts. And so you have two numbers. Each of those numbers mean something when they come together to create your profile. It's the quantum. It's something even greater than what those two numbers together combined create. This is what, you know, why it's really important that people like you exist out in the world and, and eventually people like me, cause I feel like I'm definitely, I've, I, like I've mentioned to Ali, Ali at the beginning of our conversation is I'm, I'm going down the rabbit hole and going to be you know, doing, <laughs> doing the work to, to be a reader at some point, but probably in a long time. Cause part of me is going to be like, I don't know enough to share this with the world. <laughs> um, but having people out there to help you interpret this information is so important because it is, there's so many layers to this, to this human design. So um, what I want to ask you, Ale, is, is how people can, can, can learn more and connect with you. What are the ways that they can, if they are interested in learning more and maybe working with you as a career coach, um, even combined with human design or just learning more about their human design, how can they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So my, what I called my business, my coaching business is called Empower Her Change. So I did a twist on Empower and I added an H. It's called Empower Her Change. I am that on Instagram. So E-M-P-O-W-H-E-R, change. That's me on Instagram. That's me on Facebook, on LinkedIn. I am AI Hernandez. You're happy to find me there as well. I am the most active on Instagram. So you're going to have the most left reaching to to me, but I will check them all very occasionally. I post the most content on Instagram as well. So you're welcome to follow me on that. And you can find me on any of these pages and really reach out to me if you're interested in learning more about your human design specifically, or if you're looking for some content, I also really specialize in helping women get clear. So if you're feeling really lost about where you are, unhappy with your job, just thinking this can't be it, I'm really good at helping women find some clarity and some confidence and really pursuing what a fulfilling career would be like. So that can be with human design, without human design. I love doing all of the different things and merging them together to help women live powerfully and authentically. Ah, amen, sister. So before we go, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you the one question that I, that I love to ask my guests at the end. Um, okay. Through the, through the, all the theme of my podcast is about creating the most beautiful and abundant life that we can possibly create for ourselves. And I always love to ask the question, if money were no object, what would your life look and feel like today? If money were no object, what would my life look and feel like today? Uh, my life would look 
my life would look like a big community sharing food, playing mm. music, really sharing gifts, everyone being able to show up as who they are and feel safe. I feel and a sense of community is very much what I feel. And that looks like an actual physical community where people show up, they feel empowered to be themselves. They're accepted for that. And we're all thriving because we can do that. Amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. It's such a fun question because it's such, I get such unique and different answers from everyone. And it always is such a, such a beautiful thing to, to hear and to witness. So yeah, thank you so much, Alejandra. This has been such a pleasure. It's been enlightening for me. I hope that it's been nice enlightening for all of our listeners and, and I'm going to continue to, to deep dive into this human design and try to stay in alignment with my H1 generator. Self. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Meg. I'm so happy I got the chance to be here. I know we just scratched the surface. So if you're itching to learn more, there's so much information out there. I'm happy to spread as much as possible. Amazing. Thank you so much, my dear. You're welcome. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Please, if you would be so kind, I would be grateful if you could share, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Please follow us over on Instagram at the Meg Pearson Podcast and share what you thought about this week's episode. Don't forget to tag us. For more info on today's show, please head over to the podcast webpage at meganpearson.ca forward slash podcast. Until next time, lovers. Ciao for now.